You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode of Locked On Wolves is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your next order. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Labor Day. Hopefully you've had an awesome Labor Day weekend. Um, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, hopefully it was, uh, hopefully you did get three days off and, and enjoyed your time um, at home or traveling or whatever it is that you did. Today, I want to talk about the, just a, a smattering of notes, um, draft related notes, other things from various Wolves reporters and, and things going on nationally. That's what we'll do in our first segment. And then I want to get into, um, I want to pull a couple of quotes from D'Angelo Russell. He appeared on the Old Man in the Three podcast, which is the new JJ Reddick podcast with Tommy Alter. And I want to just pull a couple of things they talked about and uh, discuss them in the context of of the Timberwolves as a whole. And, and you know, I don't want to read too much into some of them, but I think, I think some of the conversation is really interesting and, and is worth discussion. So I want to get into some of that as well. First, before we do that, a quick reminder today to please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves. That's at LockedOnTWolves. Don't forget the T. All right, so just a few notes off the top. So one, um, Darren Wolfson, of course, of KSTP and the Twin Cities Channel 5 and also Score North. Um, he reminded everybody on Twitter Monday morning that um, the the actual, the mini camp that the Timberwolves are going to have is, is only two weeks away. So they'll have a multi-week mini camp. He says in his tweet that the Wolves should have solid attendance is what he calls it at the voluntary multi-week mini camp. So not everyone will be required to be there. I would imagine the vast majority of the team is there for the whole time. Maybe, maybe there's some guys who aren't there the entire time, but um, he mentions that there will be interest go- interest squad scrimmages as well. Um, no idea at this point whether any of that will be televised. We can only hope, but at the very least we will have... I don't know. I, I think the way I would put it is probably training camp style coverage from the media and that we'll have, I'm sure, video highlights from the from the Timberwolves digital video team, from their social media team. We'll probably have some, um, I'm, I'm sure the Track the Pack miniseries that started at last fall and then there was about six months between episodes. There was one recently about the, the Wolves that were in town for voluntary workouts over the last few weeks. Uh, I'm sure that series will pick back up and you know we'll, we'll at least get get to see, I'm sure, and we don't know, I guess, that everybody will be there, but the likes of Towns and D'Angelo Russell and everybody on the court together. And, uh, and just, I don't know, just, just to, to feel it's going to be weird because it's, you know, right before, um, when normal training camp would get underway or actually really about the same time. And so it's going to feel like they're ramping up for a season, but in reality, it's the back end of the last season. The off season hasn't even officially happened yet. This whole roster likely won't be intact. The guys who will be there in September won't all be back for real training camp in November, December, January, whenever that actually happens for the 2020, 21 season. So it's, it's, I think we're going to have to all, uh, kind of, uh, check ourselves before we get too excited because after this happens, you know, we've got at least another month, if not more for the NBA draft, which may get slid further. And then there's free agency. We still don't know if the next season will start in December or January. So there's a lot to, uh, to wait, to wait on, but at the very least, we'll at least get this, uh, this mini camp type atmosphere, maybe some scrimmages, fingers crossed for some televised scrimmages in September. So 
um, there's that to look forward to. Also, um, a couple of draft-related notes. We talked a little bit last week about some of the more uh, recent mock drafts that are out. Sam Vecini at The Athletic has the Wolves now taking the mellow ball at number one. There was also an article by John Krasinski, of course, the local reporter for The Athletic, um, that published late last week. And he said the headline of this article at The Athletic is, what will the Wolves do at number one? Gerson Rosas plans to, quote, knock on every door. And there's a couple of great quotes in here that Rosas gave exclusively to Krasinski about, um, you know, the, the willingness that the, that the Timberwolves are going to have to, to do anything necessary at once. So none of this is really groundbreaking. It's just kind of refreshing to hear it out of Rosas's mouth instead of us just assuming, um, his, a couple quotes I want to pull out. So Rosa said, we're going to knock on every door. We're going to have a conversation with everybody. We're going to get to the bottom of everything. Another quote, he says, uh, this one's interesting, quote, we're super open-minded. Nobody's off the board. We're going to do incredible due diligence, whether it's a point guard, whether it's a big, I'm 100% in the camp of find the best player with the best upside. That's the path we're going to take. And that, um, that quote is really I guess you could say aware, self-aware, if you will, of, of the situation. And that two of the top three guys rumored to have the, the talent to be the number one pick in this draft are a point guard in LaMelo Ball and a big man in James Wiseman. And neither would be the, the uh, most synergistic fit with the Timberwolves' current roster. And of course, Rosas isn't going to come out and, and limit his options because as soon as he makes a comment to the effect of, oh, yeah, well, we don't want to obviously we don't want to get another center because Kat's our guy. Then obviously you start limiting your, your trade options. Those quotes can be used against you in a, in a snap of of the fingers uh, by any team you're discussing trade with. You want to you want them to believe that all options are on the table. Common sense would tell you Wiseman's not an option. Some would tell you Anthony Edwards is the best option because ball isn't a fit. Um, but interesting to hear Rosa specifically mention those two positions. And just, I mean, he's very aware of this conversation that's going on surrounding what they might do. His preference is certainly going to be trying to trade back. And we've talked about that extensively. Um, but, but he also has a quote in here discussing that they don't need this number one pick to be a superstar from day one. He says, quote, we don't have a bare roster that has us coming into this, praying that this guy is our savior and our franchise piece. We already have that in Carl. We have a complimentary superstar in D'Angelo that is on the roster, end quote. So I, th- I think that's interesting Interesting to put it that way too, where he's clearly showing you know, Carl Anthony Towns as the 1A of Timberwolves players. He is the superstar. D'Angelo is the complimentary superstar. And he's basically saying here, we don't, this isn't our expectation is we're going to acquire a superstar with this draft pick, um, you know, by drafting somebody. And then he closes the article by saying, quote, if we can add another major piece, whether it's the guy we draft at one or the guy we trade for, we're in control of some pretty big real estate in this draft. So Rosas is very aware of what other people think the wolves should do, what other people are talking about. And he's not shying away from the idea that they're going to try and, and shop this pick. I mean, there's there's some teams that would say, oh, yeah, um, they'd have to blow us away or, you know, this pick's not for sale. We're going to get a great guy at number one. But as Rosas said, his his cupboard is not bare. He's got guys on the roster and they don't need to rely solely on this pick in order to have, um, you know, that missing piece to their roster necessarily. So I thought that was a, an interesting article. Of course, the, the athletic is a subscription service. So if you do have a subscription, go check it out. It's a good read. There's a few other Rosas quotes in there that are, that are intriguing. And I think John Krasinski does a great job at always, as always of, uh, of breaking the, breaking everything down. All right. Before we get into the conversation about uh, D'Angelo Russell and what he said on the JJ Reddick podcast recently, let's talk about our great friends at DoorDash. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash 
take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving now right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the brand new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the US, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off your order, plus zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. This week, D'Angelo Russell was on the new podcast. It's a JJ Reddick podcast along with um, Tommy Alter podcast is called The Old Man and the Three. They've had some really good guests on, including Kevin Love, Mark Cuban. They also just published a Chris Bosch episode. The last episode is with D'Angelo Russell. They spent probably about 45 minutes with D'Lo and covered, of course, a number of topics. There were lots of interesting things. I'm not just going to recite the whole podcast back to you. I'd encourage you to go listen to it. Um, but some of the things they talked about included his time in LA as a rookie, which was also Kobe Bryant's farewell season. So what that was like, how unique it was, some of the tough practices when he was playing for Byron Scott, um, how Lou Williams kind of took him under his wing and was like, Hey man, this isn't always going to be this tough. This is the most conditioning type things I've done in my career with Byron Scott. Talked about his time in Brooklyn, his playoff run in Brooklyn, going to the playoffs for the first time in his career. There's also kind of a fun back and forth with Redick about JJ Redick actually fouled out last year in the first round of the playoffs when Redick was with Philadelphia and D'Lo was with Brooklyn and Redick fouled out guarding D'Angelo Russell and and Russell waved him off the court. And so there's a little, a fun uh, back and forth on that because apparently uh, Russell had forgotten about that and Redick certainly had not. Um, So that that's fun. Uh, They also finished the podcast. The three of them do a Jersey draft all time NBA jerseys. There is one Wolves jersey selected. It's the black Kevin Garnett era Timberwolves jersey with the alternates with the the green tree line on the trim. Um, and that was drafted by Redick. I think it was his third pick of that draft. So that's, that's also really fun. There's three kind of interesting conversations they have as part of their 45-minute discussion that I want to dive into a little bit more. Uh, just because I think it's interesting insight into Russell's mindset as a player, Russell's mindset in terms of how he looks at the game on the court and how you know, what he values as a point guard in today's NBA. There's certain things about Russell's game that are somewhat controversial and, and whether it be his poor defense or his, the high volume of mid range shots, he shoots some of his shot selection in general. And, uh, and I think it's, it's interesting to hear how thoughtful he still is about the game. And and he's not just, you know, a a young point guard going out there to get his, but he also has a very uh, cerebral approach to, to looking at today's NBA and how, and roster construction. And um, so I want to get into a couple of those things as well as something related to this year's draft that Russell said. So first, um, and this is, I guess this is uh, in chronological order of of when these topics came up in the interview. So if you go back and listen to it um, towards the beginning, they actually asked D'Angelo Russell, if he could pick any player in the league, not himself and not Carl Anthony Towns to start a team with, who would he pick? Um, the question might've actually been in the bubble, um, but it was, they were talking about Devin Booker and about Donovan Mitchell and some of these younger guys who have Jamal Murray, who have really shown out in the bubble and, and played extremely well. Murray, of course, being, being the one that maybe was the most surprising to folks as he wasn't necessarily considered a superstar before then. Um, but 
to everyone's surprise, you know, I think I think Devin Booker would have been the the least surprising answer given the history of Russell and Towns and Booker as as great friends and um, the uh, I, I guess the theory that Booker ultimately will end up in Minnesota at some point. But he actually said Bam Adebayo, the Miami Heat big man, which is shocking. And this is only like a week, maybe two weeks after Jimmy Butler had said publicly that Adebayo would have been part of a trade had the Wolves traded Butler to Miami a couple of years ago instead of to Philadelphia, the Wolves would have gotten Adebayo. And I think that was rumored at the time. But basically, in the context of Bam Adebayo is developing very rapidly into one of the league's best big men. This And that happened over the course of this year. But he's been really good for Miami, who, of course, at this point, leads Milwaukee 3-1 to one in their second round series. And for Russell to say that he would start a team with Bam Adebayo is, is really fascinating. Um, and the reason he gives is because of his defense, which, which makes sense. Obviously that's one of his strengths is being so switchable, but Russell talks about him being able to switch one through five and be good enough offensively to, to more than hold his own on that end of the, uh, that end of the floor. But just fascinating that, that Russell's answer was defensive centric and it was big man centric. And, um, it just, just, uh, not what I would have expected. Um, he also talks a little bit about about Carl Anthony Towns, and this is kind of the second the second thing I wanted to discuss is he talks about the relationship or, or playing with Towns on the floor and about how Towns is going to play with even more of a chip on his shoulder this year because he's already so talented, he's so versatile, he can do so many things on the court. But he mentions the tragedy that happened to him and just kind of like pushes past that. I, it really seems like he's referencing the passing of Carl Anthony Towns' mother due to complications from COVID-19 earlier this year. And interesting that Russell cited that as a reason why he thinks Towns will be even more, more motivated this year. Um, and then R- Russell goes on to say that he already has that type of, he plays with that type of a of an anger uh, and a chip on his shoulder already. And so he gives himself that that credit for playing hard and now says cat will constantly all the time. He's going to bring it on both ends of the floor and acknowledges that, that he doesn't want to be the guy who's stuck in ball screens, who's getting taken advantage of in games. Um, he also mentioned, uh, Russell talks about he, at first he said he didn't want to name names in the playoffs of a player who they kept putting in ball screens and he kept getting lost on defense and teams just kept doing it to him. And then later in the show, he, um, accidentally it slips out that it's that it's Michael Porter is the player who's talking about he said and Russell said he was texting his coaching staff telling them to make sure that he's not that guy who's not getting help in the pick and roll and that their scheme doesn't allow him to just get burned like that so again a window into Russell's mindset as he's watching these games he's watching the defense he's watching the schemes he's watching if teams are um if they're how they're playing pick and rolls. If they're, if they're in more of a drop coverage scheme, like the wolves run that David Vanterpool ran in Portland and brought over from there, um, how they're, if they're switching on screens, what the role of the point guard is versus the role in the big man of the big man in certain, uh, ball screen situations. And I, you know, I don't know that I was expecting anything different, but it's refreshing to hear him say it and to hear him get a little bit, um, you know, technical in terms of this is what he's watching when he's watching these games. He's texting the coaching staff to talk about it. He's expecting Towns to bring some of that versatility that Bam Adebayo has um, to the court next year. And just just a really interesting window into Russell's mindset um, throughout these playoffs. And, and I thought that that was a good line of questioning too from Reddick and from Tommy Alter um, to, to Russell. Next, I want to talk about the... Uh, his reaction to a question about what if the Wolves drafted LaMelo Ball number one overall? Again, I, I don't want to do the thing where we read too much into one comment, but it was really, I, again, telling. And um, one of the great things about podcast interviews like this is it's a candid reaction. It's off the cuff. It's, it's what came to his mind. And so I think it's a little bit insightful. Um, so I want to talk about that next. Before we do that, 
Let's talk about our title sponsor from today's episode, and that is our great friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. It's back. It's better than ever. It was already delicious. It's even more delicious now. New and improved flavor as well as new packaging, a new logo. There's also six brand new flavors. There were already 12 original flavors, delicious flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. The six new ones, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Built Bar is perfect if you're health conscious, if you're trying to lose weight or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are all low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high in fiber, and perfect if you're on a keto diet. Right now, for a limited time only, you can get a free cooler with purchase at builtbar.com while supplies last. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on, you'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code locked on for $10 off your next order at builtbar.com. If you've already ordered before, you can order again, use that promo code. That's promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. All right. So the, the final thing in the D'Angelo Russell interview on the old man and the three podcast with JJ Reddick and Tommy Alter that I want to cover is he was asked, this is part of a speed round that they do where they just ask him a question and get a, get a quick off the cuff answer. Certainly sounds like D'Angelo wasn't expecting necessarily these questions. So they start talking about the draft and the number one pick and they ask him, the question is, um, would you be comfortable or how would you feel about the Wolves drafting LaMelo Ball at, at, uh, at number one overall? And D'Angelo Russell's answer was, uh, well, I'll just read what his answer was, and then we can all decide together how, uh, how much to read into this. But he was asked the question, how would you feel about the pairing with LaMelo Ball? How would you feel if the Wolves drafted Ball? The exact quote is, I wouldn't mind it. Honestly, if, if that's what it was and that's what they see in the future, man, I've been in so many situations, I just attack it like any other end quote. And you can kind of hear some stifled laughing in the background. Don't know if that's Reddick or Alter or both, but the way that Russell said it, and I'd encourage you to go listen to the show. This is at like the 42 minute mark or so of the podcast. And D'Lo could not completely hide his, uh, his lack of enthusiasm for the idea that the Wolves would draft another primary ball handler uh, for the backcourt. And who knows? And, and maybe I'm being unfair to him, but the way that he reacted at least did not sound favorable for the idea of drafting ball. We've talked extensively on this show about how um, Rosas is certainly going to take the best player available. In fact, he just made those comments to John Krasinski in The Athletic. And I've said many times here on the show that I think Lamella Ball is that best player available. I think he's the only guy in that top tier of this draft. If the Wolves don't find a trade that they think is palatable for that pick, they're going to take LaMelo Ball and they're either going to see how he fits with D'Angelo Russell or they're going to trade him before the season starts. And who knows how much Russell has, has looked at these draft prospects and is aware of, of, you know, Ball versus Edwards versus, you know, Wiseman or a trade back or Killian Hayes or whatever that might be. I don't know how much research he's done on the draft, but I'm sure he knows LaMelo Ball is primarily a point guard and a playmaker and a creator and somebody who needs the ball in his hands to be successful and if the Wolves are to draft the mellow ball, D'Angelo Russell's playing off the ball a significant amount. He becomes your secondary playmaker. The mellow ball would be the primary ball handler as soon as he steps into the starting lineup. And Russell would be a little bit more, and this is actually, Reddick says this, I think kind of tries to cover for Russell a little bit and says, um, you know, this would be a little bit like when you're in Brooklyn and Karis LeVert handled and Spencer Dinwiddie handled the ball and tries to kind of, uh, 
you know, cover for Russell a little bit there. And then Russell chimes in and says, yeah, you know, that was successful or whatever. Um, and it's true. I mean, Brooklyn had success. That was Russell's best year as a pro is when he had the opportunity to play off the ball a little bit, which is one of the reasons why I think the Wolves would be willing to do this. Clearly with the culture that Gerson Rosas is creating in Minnesota and has created over the, the last, you know, however many, 14, 16 months that he's been in Minnesota, is transparency, it's communication, it's thoughtfulness. And Rosas, before, who knows if he's approached Russell or Towns at this point, because we're still pretty early in the process. They just won the lottery a couple of weeks ago. But you can bet that Rosas is going to consult those guys before they make a decision. And if the decision is, hey, you know, if we don't trade this pick, ball's the guy, that'll give Russell some time to mull that over, give Towns some time to mull that over, to, to come to grips with it, to wrap their mind around bringing in a, a guy who's a big name already, who's going to continue, you know, raise the profile of this team even more, who's going to be a media, uh, the media will pay attention to ball immediately from day one. There's going to be lots of questions about who's going to handle the, in the offense, is ball going to come off the bench, et cetera, et cetera. So you can bet that if, if we move closer to the draft and this is, this is a direction that, a, you know, the wolves appear to be going Gerson Rosas and Ryan Saunders and their staff is going to talk to D'Angelo Russell. They're going to talk to Carl Anthony Towns. And again, I want to be fair to D'Lo. This was an off-the-cuff reaction, and I compared it in an article on Donkey with Wolves. I also I, I compared it to this. If somebody asked Carl Anthony Towns, you know, what if the Wolves draft James Wiseman won? I mean, his reaction immediately wouldn't be, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it'd be fine. I think it immediately would be similar to Angel Russell's. I mean, you're asking him, how, how, how would you feel if the Wolves drafted somebody number one overall in the draft at the same position as you? And it, you know, think of it in, you know, football, for instance, Aaron Rodgers, the the Packers drafted Jordan Love and what's Aaron Rodgers supposed to say if they draft another quarterback at the same position as him. So it's, I don't want to read too much into it for D'Angelo Russell, but the honest reaction was certainly telling in terms of where his head is at and, you know, where, you know, the, the approach the Wolves need to take to make sure that that D'Angelo Russell's mind gets wrapped around the idea of adding another primary ball handler and playmaker to the backcourt for the Timberwolves. So um, certainly something to keep an eye on. And I'm sure that his answer will get much smoother as uh, as we get closer to the draft if he keeps getting asked these questions, if he keeps um, putting himself out there. And, and who knows if that's something where the Wolves will will coach him on like, you know, hey, here's here's the best response for, for a question like this or not. But um, something to keep an eye on, something to consider. And there's also nothing to suggest that D'Angelo Russell would be anything but a good soldier and a good teammate if the Wolves were ultimately to draft uh, another point guard in the first round of this year's draft. All right. That's all we have for you today. We'll be back, of course, on Tuesday, every day this week, talking draft. We still have a crossover episode of the 3.0, or I guess 4.0, Locked On NBA uh, mock draft upcoming as well. So stay tuned for that. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves. That's at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. And once again, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off your next order. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.